Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. We're back. This is Imagine Radio. I'm your host, Todd Youngblood. Welcome back. I am joined by Jennifer Owens. She's a senior HIMSS coding director for Banner Health. Jan, welcome. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. You look like you've been busy. You rolled in here with all kinds of, uh, like a trailer with the materials on it. Yes, I've been very busy. My feet are very tired after, you know, several days of this. Okay, well, we're going to get into that and see what you, you've been up to here. But to kick us off, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got to be a coding director at Banner Sure, Health. absolutely. You know, I have a pretty diverse background. I started out many years ago, <laughs> more than 20 years ago. <laughs> tell, tell me about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Just doing coding. I moved up in the ranks doing, you know, outpatient coding, moving to inpatient. I've done, you know, revenue integrity. I've done CDI. And then finally, I moved into management, which I really feel is more of my passion because it gives me an opportunity to really to help people and to make sure that, you know, everybody's being treated fairly and that, you know, we, we get the, the job done. Yeah, I think that's particularly important because it's a bit of, could we call it a high-pressure environment? A little bit, yeah. Little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Banner Health, give mm-hmm. us a quick overview. So Banner Health is a, um, it's a, it's one of the largest non-for-profit hospitals in the United States. We have 28 acute care facilities. We are growing our urgent care business. I think we're around the, you know, 40 or so urgent cares right now. We have, uh, I believe it's around 2,500 employed physicians. We, you know, we're in ACOs. We, we do a little, just seems like we dabble a little bit in everything. In terms of coding, mm-hmm. what are the two or three things that pop into your head as the big issues that you've got to wrestle with as a leader? Yeah, you know, with coding, it's um, the biggest one, I would say, is that we're really being asked to do a lot more with less. So, you know, we've been fortunate, I think, at Banner Health for a long time that we, we've we been able to have both coders and auditors in addition to educators. And a lot of a lot of companies don't have that. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're big, we have an enterprise coding system. So we went basically, you know, a lot of hospitals still work through facility coding. Right, so each right. facility has their own set of coders. We actually in uh, probably about 7 years ago, we moved from an, a facility-based model to a, a regional-based model. Okay. And then from there, we moved into an enterprise-based model. So, so you, you are completely centralized. We now. are completely for, for coding centralized. and auditing both? Yes, for okay. everything. Yes. And so I've got about 250 folks who report up under me. 220 of those are coders. And then I've got uh, three educators and about just a little over 30 auditors right now. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, we've kind of kept that model and the, the, the way that we've been able to keep that model is because we are constantly monitoring things like productivity and mm-hmm, quality mm-hmm. And, and things like that so that we are able to show the leadership at Banner Health that, you know, we're good stewards yeah. of the money and that, that the time that we're spending is appropriate. And, you know, we had an um, ICD-10 go live a couple years ago. It was... That wasn't any impact on productivity. Oh, my goodness. It was a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But the good part of that is that we were extremely prepared. Because we had that infrastructure of all of the coders and the educators and so the auditors. You, the centralization, you mm-hmm. think, was a big deal it in making huge. it? It was huge. It was absolutely huge because for our staff, they have the ability to code anything, anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. So you imagine that we, you know, with the 28 facilities that we have, we had some coders who, you know, worked at very, very small 
critical access hospitals, others who would work at very large teaching hospitals. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the folks at the critical access, they, you know, they would run out of work to do. And, you know, they didn't feel like they were getting the stimulation of the better, you know, more difficult charts. Mm -hmm. And so by taking them and teaching them to code... You make the job a heck of a lot more interesting and challenging. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, and it made them feel good about themselves. And so it made them work even harder. And they, you know, they're really, really engaged individuals. We do a voice survey every year. And it's just amazing the things that they come back with. You know, they're very engaged from the perspective that they want to make sure that they're doing the right thing, that their quality is good, that Mm -hmm, their productivity mm -hmm. is good. And it's amazing with that many staff, you would think in in a world of productivity where we are being asked, like I said, to do more with less, that we would have people who were upset about the demands, you know, as some people put it, the demands that are put on them for Mm -hmm, productivity. mm -hmm. But, you know, we had seven people out of the 250 folks who even mentioned productivity as hmm. being an issue. Now, Holy I mean, darn. and again, did you find, I find that surprising. It, it was extremely <laughs> oh, okay. surprising. Right. So yeah, I mean, but I think that the way that we put it to our folks, you know, that it's not just about, you know, this, this, you're trying to build this corporation or, you know, you're trying to put money in the pocket of this big company. Mm-hmm. It's really about them. This is our team. This is our family. You know, we really have a really good camaraderie there. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal and not. So kudos to you. Thank you. Because yes. it, it starts at the top. Morale starts at the top and, and, and flows down. So, that, Were there any downsides to this the centralization? You're extremely positive about it. It sounds oh, like a, you know, a it's, big it's success It's been story. wonderful. I, it's, we, we often laugh about this. I've got a, a team of about 16 leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a director. We have several senior managers and then some supervisors. And for a long time, it was just a bunch of women. And when you get a bunch of women in a room, sometimes it's not always a good outcome. Yeah, but I'll I, tell you. I can't say anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably better that you don't. Um, but, you know, you get these women in a room and, you know, things would just happen. We've tried to foster an environment of collaboration. Mm-hmm. We've tried to make sure that everyone had the ability to say even difficult things. They're never persecuted. You know, people don't get upset. We all, it, it's all Exactly. It's completely constructive. I try to build a lot on leadership development. Mm-hmm. I am very involved in emotional intelligence. The, there's some uh, education out there about that, and I'm a huge fan of Dr. Travis Bradbury. EQ. Yeah. I, yes, very, very big fan of EQ. Um, so I've tried to teach some of those lessons to my leaders as well, just to make sure that, that they can deal with with kind of the situations that, that come upon them daily. I mean, we, ha- we have some difficult things out in the environment, so oh, they've yeah, got to be able to manage appropriately, you know. I want to shift a little bit. You mentioned a time study that you had mm-hmm. done, or maybe studies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i got to add the S on there. Yes, talk talk exactly. a little bit about that. Sure. So we've got, um, you know, we, we after ICD-10, we realized that we weren't going to have the same productivity standards that we had before. Right. So it, we knew that going drop, in. Was it in that kind of well, range? You know, no, we, we were very smart early on. So before we even went live, we made sure that we had thought of everything that could potentially impact our productivity. We reduced the amount of abstraction items that our staff had. We did additional education. I can't tell you how many hours of ICD-10 PCS education that we did because PCS is one of the more difficult things to do. And even we even trained our outpatient coders because we wanted them to feel included Um, We wanted them to have that knowledge base as well so that they could have, you know, we can do cross training later and, and, you know, they would, they would feel comfortable with it. 
So, you know, we took that. When we went in, I would say we were probably at about 40%. So it was still a loss. We do have a computer-assisted coding system. Mm -hmm. And so we took, you know, that system has been instrumental in helping us to get back to some of the productivity standards that that we had lost. We've continued to try to improve some of the abstraction things that we had started back then. And now we're at the point where, so, you know, Prior to I-10, we were running at about 21 minutes per chart Okay. We for inpatients. We are now at 22 minutes per chart for wow. inpatients. Okay. Yeah, so I'm we impressed. Were, we did a very good job. Very, very, just so happy and just thrilled with the staff. You know, they're the ones who, the, the, the leaders that I have, they're the ones that, you know, I would give all the credit to for making sure that, you know, that they really emphasize the things that were important. You know, and... and I, I want to get, get sure. you back to the time studies. Yes, the time what's studies. What's popping into my head is I, I look at your management style mm-hmm. as, what, as much as I can tell in these few minutes together. And I can see the collaborative, professional, friendly, not, you're not attacking anybody at all. And yet now we're talking about time studies. <laughs> If there is something that can can be angst-producing. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, what we decided to do is, uh, so so we don't ever like to take the best or the, you know, I hate to say the worst, but you get to that point. You know, the, the people who perform... Not maybe not as well as other folks. So we like to take a sample from each of the different ends of the spectrum. Who's performing really, really well? Um, That's where you get your best practices. Exactly. And but who's not, and why? So it's not just it's not punitive. It's not all punitive. So it's not like you know we take each of these, we look at them, we we analyze all the data, and we say you're not performing the way you're supposed to be performing. We look at it as a learning opportunity. So so is it more like look here's the data, mm-hmm. here's the average and the mean, the median, mm-hmm. and all that, and here's you and why do you think you're there? Exactly. Is that a, a, yeah, and that's exactly, you know, that's what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow is from our auditing perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came into, into the role, we didn't have productivity standards for our auditors at all. They just really audited. And, and, it, and it wasn't a bad thing per se. I mean, but they still no did their work. there was no objective There was no goal. So, you know, I sat down, we, we took the, we, we had some folks who were pretty upset about it. They didn't like the fact that they were going to have to, you know, meet some kind of measure. Oh, yeah. Um, no, and I... so, you know, but we've, what, what we try to do is we try to approach it from, you know, just talking to people and educating them and, and making sure. But we took, you know, it's interesting now because now that I look back at the time studies that we did, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, you know, we took our, our best and our worst and we put them together and looked at the data from there. Now we're finding out that the people who were our, you know, quote, best mm-hmm. are actually ones who are circumventing processes. So it's uh-huh. not necessarily that so they were quality, performing. Yes, exactly. Something? You know, and, and it, just little things here and there that they didn't think mattered as much. But, you know, we've had to kind of pause and back up and say, okay, you know, this is why this is important. So is it fair to say you implemented the time studies primarily for productivity improvement mm-hmm. purposes? And then, oh, by the way, a lucky accident, you got quality improvements we as did. well? We did. Are also implementing some quality things mm-hmm. on, on top oh, of it. Specific but metrics specific for quality. Specific metrics for quality for our auditors. But yes, we did have that kind of aha to say that uh, we realized that some things weren't happening. But to do that, it also, you know, it, it makes you relook at what you were thinking before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I may have thought that the productivity should have been in 18 minutes for an auditor. Right. But now that I see the additional things that they're doing and, and some of the other things that are involved, maybe now I say it's 20. We just kind of have to keep looking at it, keep looking at the numbers and making sure, you know, because I want to do what's right for the staff. Right. I'm not out to just 
make a buck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. we're we're a business. Well, the we fact need to do that. You know, you're going to get asked to do more with less again mm-hmm. next year. I'm exactly. Just, just guessing. It's not going to yeah, stop. It's not going <laughs> to stop. If there, we're running short on sure, time no here. Problem. This is just so fascinating to me that the the time study aspect of it, uh, particularly. If there's one. One thing you want to measure next or do another study? Mm-hmm. What, what, I mean, what's the next big mountain you want to attack? You know, there's a there's a lot of data analytics that I want us to get into. We, you know, um, I recently hired a, a data manager, mm-hmm. and there's a, just so That's many. That's a different things. breed. It yeah. really is, yeah. You know, and she's a coder. Oh, she well, ah, she's, she's a coding manager. She's never really coded herself, but she's got she that background. She yeah, does, she yeah. So it's very helpful to have that. But there's a lot of things that I really want to dig into from a data perspective with the actual codes themselves. I think that the PCS codes that we have, they're going to just open a Pandora's box of the kind of information that we can get. Um, The more you learn, the the more you realize you don't know. Well, in Banner kept coding PCS on outpatient. So we've got a you know a data set for inpatient and outpatient to do some comparisons on. So I think that's probably where we're going to go next. Holy cow. We are out of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I do want, I mean, you are just such a font of, of insights and information, and you've got real data to back the things up. I want to make sure folks know how to get a hold of you okay. if they want to reach out and, and pick your brain and get some insights. So how can folks reach out and get a hold of you? The best way is through email. So it's jennifer.owens at bannerhealth.com. And my name is different. So it's J-A-N-N-I-F-E-R dot O-W-E-N-S at bannerhealth.com. Jennifer Owens, Senior HIMSS Coding Director for Banner Health. Thanks for taking the time out and sharing your story. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. That wraps this segment. On behalf of my guest, Jennifer Owens, I'm Todd Youngblood, Imagine Radio. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Imagine Radio. 